0: Back up, please.
1: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Visionation Hando Takoro Kro. This is Ritika with my friend Abhishek.
0: Hello everyone, we are back after I guess uh, two and a half months and quite a lot has happened, including Ritika's birthday. Ritika, happy birthday belated. Oh,
1: really? <laughs> that was two
0: months ago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we have been gone for a long time, I guess. Well, the Anna wave has come and gone. Steve Jobs has stepped down. America has been downgraded. And the world over, the markets have done their yo-yo. And now, you know, there are worries about the second recession. Yeah, a lot has happened, I guess.
0: Absolutely. And in in that midst, my sister completed her Chartered Accountant exam, which is a pretty big deal.
1: Yes, and you gifted her an
0: iPhone, didn't you? Oh, yes. You have to give it to Steve Jobs though, you know, you really have to give it to Apple because in the material world, I think the closest that can come to make somebody happy is an Apple device. Yes. So yeah, it was good fun. I, I said there is something in the microwave because she loves to eat much like you. So she <laughs> thought, you know, when she came home, <laughs> of course it was off. She she thought all that right, I would have got her some some pizza or some such thing and she opens it's an iPhone. Yeah, it took me a couple of months to pay off my credit card bills, but still it was it was good. <laughs> Let's move yes. into the business topics because we have quite a lot of things up our sleeves. The first one being the 9th, what's today's date? 9th September 2011. All right. so we complete 10 years of the nine one one attacks? Yes. It, it's 11th September, not 9th September.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's nine September. The 9-11 is the American way. So it's like 11th September. The month comes first. <laughs> I just woke up. It's, uh, it's 8.46 a.m. On, on a Saturday yeah. morning, that's right. <laughs> pardon me. Yeah, it's 11 September, I know that. Uh, well, as you have known and we have seen that many lives were lost during that attack and the U.S. foreign policies, they changed forever after that. But economically, did it make a big difference to U.S. or to the world? If we have to discuss that, then... At one point, we could have argued that, you know, U.S. financial sector may have been hit by the 9-11 attacks. But after U.S. was hit by the economic crisis in 2008, you know, that recession and the financial sector crisis, somehow that impact of 9-11 does not seem that big now in comparison. The economic impact of it may be almost negligible. Except for, you know, the obvious reasons like the budget allocation to the U.S. defense sector increased and the increase in the war pensioners or basically the cost of war, which the U.S. now has to endure. But the whole impact of the 2008 crisis was so big that probably the economic impact of 9-11 now doesn't seem to be that big in
0: comparison. Absolutely. What the bankers have achieved, the two planes could not on September 11th. Yeah. But uh, talking about the war cost, uh, it is slated at $4 trillion, which is equal to uh, Mm. America's cumulative budget deficits for six years, from 2005 to 2010. There are more than 6,000 soldiers who have been killed in in, in Iraq, Mm. Afghanistan, and 1,37,000 civilians Mm. in Pakistan, Iraq, Afghanistan, and this was a backlash towards uh, the 9 attacks when Bush was the president and it has created 7.8 million refugees. So you multiply yes. each refugee with a day's, you know, let's say he needs at least $5 to live by. That comes to a big, big amount. You know, although we have 10 years now to think about it, that's why the impact sounds a little cushioned as compared to the more recent crisis, the, the financial crisis that America has faced. But having said that, you know, just... A few minutes after the crash, uh, or a few, few days mm-hmm. after the crash, uh, uh, the, the stock prices were tanked, but they came back on. And the gold prices, they went up because everybody wanted to, you know, go and invest their money in something that is far more safe. And if you, if you go to see, even recently, after America was downgraded, uh, the gold prices have surged. And the reason is, I think each time there is a crisis, people want to move their money to an asset which is far more safer. Yes. Now, you have it's gold, it's- exactly. It is scarce. You cannot create gold or produce gold like you can produce a financial paper which which you can trade in the market. So gold prices surged. But you, I think you also have some dope of what happened to the people who had businesses back then and how are they doing today?
1: Yes, it was. I think the article that I sent you was a BBC article and there was this uh, story about a guy who owned a men's food store you know, in World Trade Center and then how it impacted his business and he, and he was almost out of business. Mm-hmm. But then because the World Trade Center became a tourist site and a lot of people came there, to pay their respects his business picked up again and today he's right. doing quite well it's a turnaround for him and for many people like him and like earlier when i was talking i was really talking about the economic impact of u.s but as mm. you said if you see the economic impact it has had on countries where the u.s has waged war like iraq and afghanistan it's been tremendous so but when we talk about the economic impact of 9-11 my mind keeps running to the economic impact Impact of say the bomb blasts in India, mm-hmm. and the sad part is that we do not have one 9/11, but a series of them. So even though in short term no one assesses the impact of such attacks, but in the long term, I think it has definitely hampered India's chances as a favorable destination to do business. And I guess it has more negative impact than probably corruption. Because if you see that during the Commonwealth Games, many players did not come for the games mainly because of the terrorism fear and not necessarily because of corruption. And tourism has been greatly impacted because of that, because the foreigners are, you know, scared of the terrorist attacks. And I'm saying this by experience because because I know a couple of people here who had planned for visits to India and they cancelled their plans because of the terrorist attack fear during the Commonwealth Games.
0: Not, not just the terrorist attacks that are taking place in cities like Mumbai and Delhi, but, you know, I was uh, talking with a Forbes India editor who had covered Jharkhand and the Maoist attack in great detail. And he was telling me that companies have to pay these Maoists so that they can have their wheels running. So in other words, let's say on a day mm-hmm. when there is a strike, an unofficial strike by the Maoists in a particular area, and if you can see trucks of one particular company running, then you know that that company has got an underhand money exchange with the Maoist organizations only because they have to survive. Yes. And uh, another friend of mine who was uh, working with the multinational, he is an SAP consultant. So when he was consulting a company in that area, they said, you cannot roam about outside at 7. You have to sit in the company bus at 5.30. You will be escorted by a couple of uh, armed men. You cannot go out on weekends because it's the company's responsibility. And 22 states out of the whole 28, 28, right? I hope, I guess I got the mm. number right, 28 states in India. There is some kind of a trouble which involves a gun. And it has been around for a while, whether it's Telangana protests or the Maoists or the terrorism attacks that takes place. Yes, so you, are, you are right, we don't have one big nine-one-one. But we do keep having the series of bomb blasts. Also, another one went off in Pakistan on the same day when there was a bomb blast outside Delhi High Court.
1: Yes, at my workplace, there's this guy who sits next to me who is from Pakistan. In the next cubicle. The day when the Delhi bomb blast took place, as you said, there was a suicide bomb attack in Pakistan. And it was ironic that we both were reading the respective news Mm -hmm. on our respective computer screens almost at the same time. And both the attacks had actually failed to make it to the headlines of any leading news publications. It was almost like it's becoming a fact of Indian life, which is frighteningly similar to what we think about Pakistan.
0: Yes. The fatigue, I think, will start showing on the reporter's faces also. For them, the best thing is an attack like this, right? However crude yes. and macabre as it might sound, it is the best thing in their careers to, to be covering a live event of that magnitude. But if this, these things keep happening, of course, there is viewer fatigue and there is reporter fatigue. In fact, on Twitter, the day after the Mumbai blast, the amount of activity that took place, I don't think it was comparable what happened after the Delhi attacks took place. Not to, no, it was yes. yes. It's like an annual routine. Yes,
1: it's sad, but that, that's how it is.
0: We can keep talking about this.
1: Let's move on to our next topic, which is sacking of the yahoo's CEO, Carol Pat. How do you pronounce her surname? Bats. Bartz.
0: I think. Let's keep it Indian. Bart. <laughs> Bart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carol Bharat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So she, she was a no, uh,
1: no, It would actually be Karol Barat bharat <laughs> Karol Barret
0: But Karol Bark yeah. Oh
1: Exactly. Well, yeah. So um That's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody got
0: fired. Although she did she must have got severance package of millions of dollars, but she was incidentally fired over the phone by the chairman of that company. And she wrote that out in the email that she sent from her iPad is what everybody is reporting now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Nobody would have said she sent an email using Microsoft Windows 1995. (laughs) But well, it was news that she sent it from her iPad. She, She said, I'm very sad to tell you that I've just been fired over the phone by Yahoo's chairman of the board.
1: But you know, when you read news like she sent this email from her iPad, I kind of think how that news would have originated. Would she have, you know, called someone from the press and told them that I am sending this email from my iPad?
0: Yeah, one way is that each time anyone mails you from an iPhone, you do get that sent from my iPhone at the end of it, right? So initially, I used to I used to think that as if it's vanity from the sender saying that he wants to boast that it's sent from iPhone. But then I later realized that it is mainly for, see, please excuse any typos or brevity because I'm sending it from my iPhone or, or, a, or a touch phone. So I'm sure that would have happened there.
1: Yeah, which, which actually makes me realize that I should go back and change my signature and yeah. my iPhone because it gives the wrong impression. It does, it does, <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes. So yeah, that's that's what happened. The the reason is that uh, among many reasons, uh, Yahoo didn't know where it was going. When she was brought in, Yahoo had just rejected a bid from um, Microsoft, which was worth forty five billion. They said that it was uh, hardly anything, and now today its market cap of Yahoo is sixteen billion dollars or or so.
1: But she she did do a good job in reducing the operating costs, and as a result of which...
0: Yeah, she just fired people.
1: Yeah whatever she did but from whatever the costs were before she reduced the operating costs. As a result of which if you see the you know, the recent Yahoo results, then their profits have increased even though their revenues have gone down. Hmm. But a company share prices I guess they are more about its future revenue growth rather than the current profits. And the future is obviously quite bleak for Yahoo and in fact, after she was fired, Wall Street, for some reason, was very happy. And so, yes. Yahoo shares increased by 6% immediately after the news. I, I read this funny one-liner. It said, Yahoo will soon join Shamiji <laughs> in heaven.
0: <laughs> they're saying that they're putting the company out for sale. Of course, it is rumored that they're doing it. But it's a, <laughs> it's a year or two too late. But having said that, it is still the fourth most visited site after Google, Facebook and YouTube. It has 590 million people yes, which visited that site in June, which translates to 78 billion page views. The problem is they don't know what to do with this traffic. How do we monetize it? Because the search that they had, they have outsourced that to Microsoft. They didn't know what to do with all those users. Facebook did it well in by building a social network. Google has got like Google recently also acquired, we'll, we'll talk about this, if, talk about it if time permits, it, it acquired a restaurant review service called Zagat mm-hmm. or Zakad, however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So Google is doing all sorts mm-hmm. of things to, you know, get people engaged in, in its applications.
1: Yes, that's true. Yahoo wasn't very successful in their acquisitions. Somewhere in around, I think, 2010, there was this uh, research uh, by Glass, lewis is the company it was a rating on the world's most overpaid ceos and yahoo was number one so she had a package of i think 39 million dollars including everything and she was you know the grossly overpaid ceo in 2010 according to that survey but did you know that she is a survivor of breast cancer
0: yeah she was 43 i was surprised to read that Uh, she has an interesting history in terms of being a working mother she would travel back to her whatever native where she had her kids on thursday midnights and spend time with her family mm. there and come back on a, on a plane to work for a company which she was leading it was audio desk uh, a software firm mm. and interestingly she was working in a firm which would build softwares to visualize underground sewers and skyscrapers or aeroplanes mm. in three dimensions so it had it was basically completely different from what Portfolio she was handling in Yahoo and she's 60. She was 60 when she bro- was brought in. Yeah. And yes, compare yes. that to kids, kids as in, you know, not condescendingly, obviously, <laughs> kids like Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg who was 23 at the time. Yes.
1: But I was reading some articles when she joined Yahoo and the reports at that time were actually quite positive.
0: Absolutely. In fact, in June, that we are in September, in June the chairman of the board said that we completely back her management and that uh, we have mm. her support. And three months later, the same guy picked up a phone and read out a brief <laughs> resignation speech. And, you know, there have been other other ways by which people have been sacked, not just on the phone. I was reading this in, in The Guardian, and they said that there was, in 2003, there was this company which fired 2,500 of its uh, employees through a text message. It read, sorry to inform you that you will not be paid today. Don't bother ringing the office. This is how That's it was. So That's rude. Yeah. And then there was, in 2006, uh, a company called Radio Shack, it emailed 400 mm. employees, through e- email, and the message said, the workforce reduction notification is currently in progress. Unfortunately, your position is one that has been eliminated. <laughs> it's as forthright as they can get, get. And then we had an unconventional resignation from a Fortune 500 CEO, Jonathan yes. Schwartz, the CEO of Sun Microsystems. He used Twitter to resign. He said, hereby mm. I resign. Yes, Twitter. he did, yeah. so How would you resign?
1: Oh, I, I would go and, you know, give a hug to my boss and say, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. I'm just the emotional guy. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you the, need to, to be different. <laughs> it doesn't matter how. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm with you on that. The interim CEO, <laughs> Tim Moss, takes over. So, so we'll we'll know very soon whether Yahoo joins Shamni Kapoor up there. Yes. <laughs> I've seen a few of his movies. It was fun. A Joker making it up there as a hero. Not many can claim that. Not even Govinda for that matter.
1: Yes, he, he was absolutely awesome. And and after we heard about his death, I think for almost one week, every day we were listening to his songs. Oh. The songs are just so enjoyable. Any case, let's move on to our next topic. Do you want to talk about Archie's? Yes, please. Do people, uh, you know, talking about Archie's, which is a gift and greeting cards major in India, and I've heard Archie's mainly in relation to greeting cards. And I I seriously wonder, do people actually use greeting cards these days to give each other? I've hardly ever...
0: I do know that my mom gets a lot of greeting cards on her birthday.
1: Uh, She's a school teacher, isn't she?
0: Yes, that's right. But she's also 50, so there is a generation... Which still uses Archie's, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure how long this will last. You would still go buy bouquets because nothing can replace a, a flower. An online, you know, greeting card or an online flower, so you'd still do that. But yes. not sure about greeting cards.
1: Yes, I think it has grown up now from greeting cards to gifts and online. Cards and cheese galleries, which have all types of gifts. Hmm. But well, the main news is that it has now announced that it is planning to double up its Indian revenues to rupees four hundred crore in the next four years. It has also announced a licensing partnership with Unicef. Right, Uni Unicef.
0: How do you UNICEF, pronounce it? Unicef.
1: It, it's actually an abbreviation.
0: Yeah, Unicef. It's actually an acronym. Yeah.
1: It's an acronym. It's not an It's
0: it's not an abbreviation.
1: No. no it, oh yeah, sorry. It's an acronym.
0: Yeah. There you go. Write. I'm a grammar Nazi You are nowadays. the English
1: teacher. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: so the You are the... my <laughs> English teacher. <laughs> no, no. Come on. But I learned this because I remember 10th standard teacher telling us an abbreviation is, let's say, ABBR is an abbreviation for the word abbreviation, but an yes. AIR, All India Radio, is an acronym. Yes. Yeah,
1: and I'm sure all our listeners have now caught it. So no grammatical mistakes from now. That's what Sir Abhishek
0: says. But some a few few seconds before you said <laughs> you used. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, okay. Now,
1: <laughs> now we are going to have a podcast with my all my grammatical <laughs> mistakes rather than anything else.
0: <laughs> I, I make more than you do, so don't worry.
1: I only have got a foreign accent, you know, after coming to Australia. My grammar still remains as poor as it was.
0: No, but you can still pull off baths. (laughs) <laughs> like an Indian shop, so you still have that. I can still take
1: a roll. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. So, the last year, Archie's had sales of rupees 180 crore, and it currently operates around 500 stores in India, and it mainly has the franchisee model. It has got a lot of franchisees, and almost more than 250 stores are franchisees.
0: Right. And I didn't know that it was an Indian company until you told me before we started recording.
1: I guess it's because of the name, artist that you tend to think that it's it's not an Indian company. It's Uh almost like, you know, the brand, Van Husten, if I tell you, you get that in stores here too. Uh And if I tell anyone that it's an Indian brand, nobody's ready to believe me that it's an Indian brand. One yeah, Alim Soli,
0: say. Van <laughs> and uh, Peter England, all of them are from Madura Garments and you know these, these Indian Arvind mills.
1: Well, yeah, so coming back to Archie, it's definitely an Indian company and it was started in 1979 by Anil Mulchandani and initially actually it sold uh, you know uh, song books posters and leather pouches etc mm. but then it bent into greeting cards which is now one of its major businesses but I think it has adapted well towards changes because it has always you know made global partners like it had tied up with Paramount cards earlier and it started mm. the concept store of a gift store it was the first one to do that and yes. then it came out with Archie's Gallery then it adapted to the franchisee model to expand and then you know it shifted to an online store concept pretty quickly so it it has kept up with times
0: it has it has especially when you have the tying up with unicef is a big deal considering that it's uh, one of the world's Hmm. most recognized non-government i mean non-profit organizations and recently unicef not recently but in 2006 uh, barcelona which is a team in spanish uh, premier league they which won a major tournament recently they sport the UNICEF's logo on their shirt. Lionel Messi, who's arguably the best player currently, he runs around with that T-shirt. It's the other way around. They are sponsoring UNICEF. Yes, actually it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, moving on to our next topic. You you said you wanted to talk, you know, something interesting about Greece, considering now that the German courts have cleared the bailout to Greece.
0: A friend of mine was travelling to Greece and he told me a couple of things. He said that if you... Mm -hmm. The situation there is so bad that uh, if you're in a restaurant and if you uh, pay by cash, then they offer you mm-hmm. free desserts. They oh. insist that you, you pay by cash and not by a credit card because the, the bank takes two or three days or maybe more to uh, deposit that amount in the restaurant's bank. And secondly, if let's say if, uh, if your carpenter comes home and he fixes your furniture and if you don't have the cash, then the carpenter says, okay, you give me a post-dated check. So... Let's say you write a post at a cheque of uh, 100 rupees. So, the carpenter will then go to the bank and discount it. So, he'll say, here's a cheque, which will be in cash two months, but I'm not doing that then. So, you take this 100 rupees, give me 90 in cash, and then the guy who got that furniture done is expected to pay 100 rupees to the bank. But sometimes the guy doesn't Mm. pay up. So, the the banks aren't doing too well. So, it, it, it reminds you of, you know, in places like Zimbabwe and Nigeria, you can get a loaf of bread for a pair of Nike shoes. Yes. I saw this uh, poster.
1: I think it was in the US. There is a poster outside the toilet which says no toilet paper, no whatever mm-hmm. to be taken inside, something like that. Uh-huh. And it had no toilet paper, no paper cups, no newspapers, no Zimbabwe dollars. <laughs> something Mm -hmm. Something like that, yeah, but yeah, so that's how it is. But I have a few people in my office who are actually Aussies, but of Greek origin. Mm -hmm. And they have actually often told me that the corruption in Greece is quite high, and it's very bureaucratic, and it's Mm -hmm. very common to bribe the officers there. So it's almost, I felt it's similar to what happens in India.
0: No wonder, my friend said he had a great time in Greece. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yes. Well, <laughs> i don't know how true it is yes. but that that's the impression they gave me
0: if anyone's out there listening to us from greece would love to have you on a podcast to give us a couple of updates of what's happening there because i think we covered this some time back they were also facing a threat of putting their monuments on on collateral to get loans
1: but this may actually be a good time to go for a holiday
0: in greece because it it will be quite cheap yeah you bet Not if you're earning in rupees, though. Somebody who's earning in Australian dollars can travel the world. (laughs) Yes.
1: In fact, when New Zealand recently, it was hit by the earthquake and then the floods and natural disasters. And after that, this is a peak season in New Zealand to go skiing and snowboarding and, you know, all that winter Hmm. stuff for that winter stuff so it's become quite cheap and a lot of australians are going there the tourism there has become cheap so hey talking
0: about tourism you have been to bali yes how was it
1: ah well bali bali was just just like goa the climate there is very tropical it's an island so it's full of beaches but the most interesting part is that it's a hindu island in a Muslim nation, so because Indonesia is a Muslim nation, and then Bali is predominantly Hindu, and there are a lot of temples. It's culturally also very rich. Like it's not just beaches and stuff, but you can you, you'll see various temples, and you'll see huge statues. And the Hinduism there is actually quite different than what we see in India. Like many temples there don't even have idols, and there are huge temples. Two of the most famous temples that we went there, and they were beautiful because they were on the cliff. And even the statues that you see, it's kind of a mixture, you know, of the Chinese and Hinduism culture. So you you see, you know, a big statue of Bhima or Arjuna, and Mahabharata characters. Have you ever seen a Bhima statue in India? No. Or Arjuna statue in <laughs> India? Yeah. So there are like huge statues of Mahabharat characters, and like We we saw a huge statue okay. of Kaj. and he was with dragon wings. you'll find those kind of things there which which is quite interesting actually (laughs) we went to a coffee plantation there and then there was a cat in a cage and we asked what is this cat for and they told us that there is a special type of coffee that is made out of the cat poo so so the cat is (laughs) <laughs> have you heard about that? <laughs> it, it's a very premium coffee, it seems. And you know, we, we were actually given taste of all the teas and coffees in small cups, uh-huh. but not of that particular coffee. If you want that coffee, then you have to, you know, uh, give $5 extra or something.
0: You is... Indians, you will never pay. Yes. That's why they never offered you that.
1: <laughs> yes. But maybe we are yeah, the Singy Indians. They leave teas. It's a special... Species of cat, and they leave these wild cats in the coffee plantations, and then they eat these coffee beans and poo, and then they collect their poo and put it in mm. water for ten days, and then extract the coffee beans out of that and
0: then make the coffee. That is an elaborate <laughs> process that I visualized every every <laughs> process step of it.
1: And when I narrated uh, this to some of my Aussie friends here, they said that they in fact know of such coffees out of monkeys also.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing! I think one good thing about that that visionation has benefited is you traveling a few places and giving us such dope. So if you compare it with one and a half years ago, there would be stories coming from Delhi. The last time when I had been to Delhi, was <laughs> a now it's wow Bali and yeah. you're uh, and yeah. next
1: time you are going to tell us about your holiday. Where where are you going for your holiday? Are going for a bike holiday, right?
0: Yeah, it's in it's in the north, below Ladakh, a place called Spiti Valley. 14 days on the bike, leave your laptop and phone behind. Kind of a trip. It'll be fun. We'll talk about it once we resume. But hopefully yes. before that we will record another one. So listeners out there, thelecast.com. That's the site. Go log on. And of course uh, you have uh, Facebook. Please follow us on Facebook, Indicast Podcast Network. That's about it from this episode. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.